conspiracy, what do you believe? Welcome back to Conspiracies, What Do You Believe? This is episode number 25, Hoax or Real. In this episode, we will be talking about stories of urban legends or parallel universes. The first person or event we will be talking about is the man from Tar. In Japan in 1954 at the India Airport, a flight landed. A middle-aged Caucasian man who was neatly dressed came through customs. The customs officials started asking him questions. They found out his primary language was French, but he did speak fluent Japanese as well as other languages. He said he was from the country of Torrid. When they told him the country didn't exist, he showed them his passport issued from Torrid, and it showed visa stamped from Japan and other countries. Also in his wallet, his driver's license, insurance card, all issued by the United Kingdom of Torrid. The documents looked authentic. The bank on his checking account didn't exist. He told the officials that he had never had any trouble traveling on previous business trips around the world. He said he was in Japan on a business meeting. When they called the company, he said he had a meeting with they didn't know him. He had documents to prove otherwise. The hotel he was said he had a reservation with didn't have one. The man became upset and said if this was a joke it wasn't funny and a very serious joke it was. He was shown a map so he could show him, show them his country. He couldn't find it. He said it was between France and Spain. They asked him if he was from the tiny country of Andorra. He said Andorra didn't exist but Torah did at that place. He said his country existed for thousands of years. They thought he was some sort of criminal. The officials detained him at a nearby hotel, guarded by two men. It was on the mid-floor. Well, in the morning, the man had disappeared, along with all of his paperwork, from the security room. There was no sign of him, no sign of his escape. So how did he do it? Well, some explanations were the mysterious man passed through parallel dimensions. He was a time traveler from the universe, from the future. The incident did happen, but not as sensational as they said it was. And over years, things can become embellished. And it is an urban legend by someone who created the story. That would be one hell of a joke being played by airport officials. Yeah, and the Japanese authorities never denied this incident that occurred. So, did it really occur, or was it like some little thing, and it exploded, exploded over the something years? major. Yeah. Next, we have... Jofar Voren. In the spring of 1851, an article appeared in several Europe and American publications. This is from Correspondent of Berlin. A stranger was picked up at the end of last year in a small village in the district of Libas, near Frankfurt on the Order, where he had wandered. No one could tell whence. From the strange mystery of Jofar or Joseph Voren at www.coolinterestingnews.com He didn't speak German very well. He looked as if he was Caucasian in origin. If the man was wandering in a bigger city, no one would have been curious. But this small village looked at him as a great prize and took him to Frankfurt. The burgomaster of Frankfurt questioned him. 
He found out his name was Joe Farvorin. He said he was from Laxaria, from the continent of Sacria. He didn't speak any European languages ex except for some broken German. He said he was a Christian called Ispatian. Laxaria is hundreds of miles from Germany separated by immense oceans. His purpose for coming to Germany was to find his long-lost brother. He said he was shipwrecked but didn't know where and could not locate it on a map. He claimed to have a sizable knowledge of geography. He said his earth was divided into five great compartments. Compartments could be what we called our continents. The compartments are Sacria, Aflar, Astar, Oslar, and Urplar. After Jofar's explanation, they concluded he was true and sent him to Berlin. So what do you think? Some possible explanations. He was an interdenominational person. Or it was just a big hoax. Probably the hoax. People from a small town wanted Yeah, but if the government was questioning me, I mean, they they found they felt that he was telling the truth. Do you really think they're questioning, or was that embellished? Back in those days, when people come over to your country and they seem weird, I'm sure they questioned you. <coughs> and especially being in Germany. Yeah. Okay. The next one is the Green Children of Wolfhead. This is possibly the oldest story of interdimensional travel. This happened in the 12th century. Two children were found outside of Wool Pit in Great Britain. They had green skin. Children were taken to Wool Pit and given food and drink. The boy couldn't eat or drink, so he starved to death. The girl ate and started to turn a normal collar. It took her a while to learn English, but when she did, she told them she and her brother came from St. Martin's Land. It is always dark there. Everyone lived underground and had green skin. Across the river from them was another lucent society. She and her brother were following cattle when they found a cave and decided to explore it. They walked until they came to Woolpit. When they looked back, the cave had disappeared. She never made it back to where she came from. So, green children, huh? And you got black-eyed children today, so why not green children back then? Some, there's like, I heard in Appalachians or somewhere, I can't remember where, that had blue, blue children. Next we come to William Cantello. Was this interdimensional travel done on purpose? William Cantello was an eccentric inventor who invented the rapid firing machine gun. He told his sons he was going to the market to sell it. That was the last time he was seen. His sons hired a private investigator to look for him. The private investigator said he could have gone to America, but this would be difficult to prove. About 20 years later, an American man, Hiram Maxim, invented a rapid-firing machine gun. He looked exceedingly like William Cantello. Cantello's sons even mistook Maxim for their father. Maxim wrote his autobiography. In it, he said he was a victim of a man impersonating him. He might have said this because he was always mistaken for Cantello. Could Maxim have been the alternative version of Cantello? Well, to me, it kind of sounds like he stepped through like some kind of a portal 
and then he appeared like 20 years later in the body of somebody else kind of like the what was it the Philadelphia experiment that the government tried to do okay next we have Casper Fosser some people believe he pulled off a great common society others thought he was a victim of abuse and still others believe he was a traveler from another dimension he was a mysterious man who came out of, from nowhere. In 1928, a man with a limp was walking through the streets of Nuremberg. He said his name was Caspar Hosser. He could barely speak. He had in his possession an envelope addressed to the captain of Nuremberg Cavalry. When the authorities saw the letter, they took him to the guardhouse. There they gave him food and beer. He acted like he had never ate food or drank beer or even wore shoes. He didn't know, didn't know much about the world. He was tutored in German, and after that he began telling his life story. He said he was locked in a room and given scraps of food to eat. He had a toy horse for company. He never saw who kept him locked up and didn't know his father. He was highly sensitive to food, magnets, and collars. Everything in the world was new to him. So Hasser was adopted by a socialite of Nuremberg and became part of high society. His autobiography was his undoing. He was a victim of multiple assassination attempts. One was successful. So, was this true? Was he from another world? And why would somebody want him dead? Maybe he knew more than what he was saying, and he was trying to go under, or kind of like a, his own witness protection. Okay, so if he was just saying that he was didn't know the world and was locked in a room all the time, or was he really locked in a room? And if so, had, would he know anything to cause somebody to want to kill him if he was locked in a room the whole time? Could have some knowledge. Okay. Now we go to Atsuro Bune Hollow Ship. This may be the oldest legend in Japan. A strange ship made out of wood and metal and had crystal windows arrived at the shores of Hitachi Province. It was like a futuristic ship. The only living soul on the ship was a woman with pale skin and red hair with white hair extensions. The woman held tight to a strange box. She was terrified of the locals. The language she spoke was unrecognizable. When her ship was searched, they found two sheets, small water supply, and some strange food. The locals didn't know what to do with her, so they put her back on her ship and sent her away. She was seen landing on the shores a number of times. The writing on the ship was a language, was not a language from anywhere in the world. She looked human, so the people thought she was from the wrong dimension. So, was she just on like a, a ship that just crossed some kind of just, a parallel dimension and ended up somewhere else? And why would she be alone if she was on the ship? Was there other people and they died, or, or what? Just didn't make it through the portal, portal or was? It's hard to tell. It is. Okay, then we go to Skinwalker Ranch. It is it is said to have multiple portals to another dimension. The people who have spent the night there have seen strange things that cannot be explained. In the book, Hunter the Skinwalker, Hunter saw, through binoculars, an interdimensional tunnel open up. After it opened, he saw a large, faceless creature crawl through the tunnel, then went into the woods. The hunters immediately left the area. Other sightings include animals that didn't exist, non-human, humanly fast people, and UFOs. Now, 
we are on to Cabin in Peru. Markawasi Stone Forest. It is known as a doorway to another dimension. Stone formations there resemble human faces and religious symbols. Travelers who went there were never seen again. Dr. Raul Centino treated a woman who decided to go to the forest with some friends, even though they were warned about the disappearances. They saw a strange cabin in the middle of the stone forest. They heard people inside having a party. They looked in a window and saw that the people were dressed in 17th century clothes. The woman, tr woman tried to enter the cabin. She was halfway in when her friends pulled her out. She didn't realize she was paralyzed on the side that was in the cabin. Dr. Centino diagnosed her with hemiplegia, meaning paralysis, on one side of the body. He believes she may have altered her nerve system when she went into the cabin. So it sounds like that cabin is a portal to another dimension or time traveling. Yeah, and if you go halfway in, then your body's going to be screwed up. So what happens if you go all the way in? Are you screwed you up on the other out. side? Well, you figure if you go all the way in, you're okay, but then you can't come back. So if you go in, and you're going to be most likely what it looked like in the 17th century clothing. You're going to be back in the 1600s. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Kind of at the hotel, I can't think of the name of it, where they said Pierce John. The Shining. Shining. You remember at the end of it, he was in the picture? Yeah. Or what about uh, 112263 by Stephen King, where the guy goes back in time through that door in the diner to save uh, Kennedy? Yeah, it's just it's strange. Lisbia in the 20th century. In 1905, a young man speaking in an unknown language was caught stealing a loaf of bread in Paris. After a long interrogation, the man communicated he was from Lisbia. They thought he meant Lisbon and brought in a Portugal translator. But they found he was not from Lisbon and didn't speak Portuguese. After some more questions, he was released, never to be seen again. Why would you leave, release somebody that needed help? Because he didn't want to help him himself. Uh, okay. Next, we go with Princess Caribou. This is one where the person was exposed as an imposter. Mary Baker was pretending to be Princess Caribou from an island kingdom far, far away. Baker was born in 1792 in Witheridge, Devonshire, in England. The story goes that on April 3, 1878, 1817, a cobbler in came upon a confused young woman who was wearing unusual clothes. She was speaking in a language no one understood. The cobbler's wife took her to the overseer of the poor. From there, she was taken to the magistrate. Samuel Worrell was the magistrate. He, along with his wife, could not understand the strange person, but they discovered she was called Caribou and she was interested in Chinese imagery. They took her to the local inn when she saw a drawing of a pineapple and called it Nana's. That meant pineapple in Indonesian language. She was determined on sleeping on the floor. The magistrate resolved she was a beggar and sent her to Bristol and tried for vagrancy. While she was in prison, a Portuguese sailor said he spoke her language and translated for her. He said she was Princess Caribou from the island of Javasu in the Indian Ocean. She was captured by pirates, but she jumped overboard in Bristol Channel and swam to shore. Upon learning she was a princess, the royals took her in. She represented royalty and was a favorite of the local VIPs. Princess Caribou had many talents. She fenced, 
could use a bow and arrow, swam naked. She also prayed to a god, Allah Tala. She wore exotic clothes. She had her portrait painted and it appeared in newspapers. Dr. Wilkinson said she was authentic. He identified her language and said the marks on the back of her head were from oriental surgeons. She enjoyed her newfound fame. A boarding housekeeper recognized her from the newspapers and contacted the people she was staying with and told them the truth. The truth was she was Mary Wilcox. She was a cobbler's daughter and had, a serv had been a servant girl in England. She became homeless so she invented a language from gypsy and imaginary words. She created a character in that character's story. Mrs. Worrell felt sorry for her and sent her to Philadelphia. When she got to America, she still continued as Princess Caribou. She appeared on stage at Washington Hall with no success. She re later returned to England and appeared on stage as Princess Caribou, and she was not successful there either. In 1828, she was living as a widow going by the name of Mary Burgess, a name of one of her cousins. She married Richard Baker in 1828, and a year later she gave birth to a daughter, Mary Ann. In 1839, she was selling leeches to the medical community. Wow. So, it makes you wonder how many of... How many other people do that? Do that and been caught or... Has done well, that and hasn't been caught where like back then it would have been easy to get away with it yeah because you know there was no, no internet, internet to no phones, check no backgrounds and right wow so what do you believe is the truth and what is an urban legend 